Like we always do, can you start off by just saying, hey, my name's Nishan or Nishan Woodley, however you want. I'm talking to the movies, movies, movies about Sydney Film Festival. So just, hey, your full name, I'm talking on movies, movies, movies about the Sydney Film Festival. Hey, I'm Nishan Woodley, director of the Sydney Film Festival, talking about Sydney Film Festival with movies, movies, movies. Brilliant. Jen, you changed the, the game plan 10 minutes ago and said that you want to ask a different first question. So do you want to go first? I do. Nishan, I had this question that uh, obviously we want to get to the bottom of what's happened with COVID, what's happening with streaming, what's happening with in-person, you know, sitting down, what's happening with filmmakers, what's running through their minds. But first of all, because you've been doing this for 10 years, I really wanted to ask if there was like some horrible bin fire where all of the cinema for all of the world was put into it um, what would you take out and save if it's a movement or if it's a single film from the history of cinema? What are you like hiding in your basement from, you know, the police? You called this Nishan's Desert Island film. Is that this right, is your then? Desert Island film moment. I know it's a hard question to answer and oh, it doesn't wow. have to be favourite, but what's like, what's the thing? That's really hard. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to keep all my DVDs because I have quite a lot. But if if I had to if I had to pick one one film and it's it's also the film that I most cite as my favorite film I think I choose Rashomon only because every time I watch it I discover something new mm. there's some little intricacy in it that I haven't seen before so I think that's the one I I take uh, and and preserve from the police and the people trying to destroy cinema for my for my own pleasure, because I think it will keep rewarding me over a long period of time. As a fan of Rashomon, are you excited for the new Matrix film? I I know very little about the new Matrix film. Whoa, 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 whoa. watch out, watch out, Nishan. This is going live to air. Watch what you say. <laughs> I'm really sorry to say I've been I've been pretty focused on on the selection, which has taken a very long time. So I, I can't even say I, I know of the connection between the new Matrix film and Rashomon. I can see both of you shaking your heads in utter Well, it's a trans text for one, but we're also <laughs> outraged that it wasn't shot in Sydney. So it's okay if you do not be interested in the new Matrix films. Mm, we'll edit that we'll out. We'll edit that out. We'll edit that part <laughs> out. We want you to look good. All right, Nishen, we wanted to ask this last because we want to kind of buddy you up first, but I'm just going to dive into it because we want to ask the hard questions first. This year marks your 10-year anniversary at the SFF as festival director. Can I confirm that with you? That's correct. So my main question when I think about that is that basically because in the last three to four years there have been so many film industry challenges, necessary changes, firings, rehirings, cancellations, celebrations, protests, backlash, we've had the whole spectrum of disorder and industry disruption, so much drama do you think it's time you pass the baton on to someone else so that new blood could come into Sydney Film Festival? Well, that's that's a decision for the board. Uh, for me, I 
still enjoy very much what I what I do, and I think we are certainly this year and in 2019 when we last had an in cinema program, uh, really presenting the best possible films, increasing the profile of the festival. So, in short, not yet, um, but that's not entirely a decision for for me. I have two years left on my contract after this one. And and then we'll see. Well, how do you inject new blood or inject new life into the festival if the the festival director has been there for 10 years? I feel like so many reshufflings have happened just in the past year or two. Uh, I'm curious about what Sydney Film Festival is doing to make sure it's not just, you know, staying in the dark ages. Well, firstly, why do you suggest we're in the dark ages? Andre? Are you, are you suggesting that? No, you suggest. Oh, I'm just saying that I feel like, you know, festivals are often trying to find ways to stay contemporary and modern and constantly redevelop themselves and, you know, shake it up a bit. And I'm just wondering what Sydney Film Festival is doing to maintain that. Well, we've we've brought on a a group of young new programming consultants who are looking at many films with us and advising us, particularly to, to draw a new audience, which I think is a challenge for all elements of the cinema business, right, from from just typical theatrical releases to film festivals. So I think that's one way in which we're really trying to bring in to the festival constantly younger audiences, more diverse audiences. And that's very important for for the festival to go uh, forward Mm. into the future. Um, I don't accept the idea that we're in the dark ages. I think we've been very um, nimble, especially in the past two years where really the festival festivals everywhere were so deeply impacted by by covid and uh, not just festivals of course as you said the entire entire cinema business and we've managed to do i think some quite innovative things firstly by moving online uh, which which comes with with difficulties for sure but we did that very quickly um, when our when our June festival last year was cancelled, we also collaborated with some of the great festivals of the world: Cannes, Venice, Berlin, Tribeca, Tokyo, Busan, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to to present the first ever global film festival that was was free to everyone around the entire world. Um, and I thought that was something that had never been attempted before, never been done, and uh, that was a great success, in which we presented. Uh, uh, in our in our selection, uh, First Nations films of of Australia, which we think is very important, and coming to this year again, we had to, when we first assumed everything would be fine by by June, um, then moved to August, and then had to move to November. I think we've had to be very resilient and quite smart in many ways to survive and uh, develop the taste for the next generation of the great auteurs. It warms my heart that there are young programmers coming in as consultants. That to me is like such a beautiful step forward. I'd also like to remind you that I'm, I'm uh, merely 43. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Oh my God. Fair enough, fair Only slightly older than our new premiere. <laughs> yes. I was wondering um, 
of this new festival, obviously we have the campaign favourites that will reach the front of the website, which will be talked about with Sydney Morning Herald. But I was thinking more for FBI audiences who like it a little messier, who like a little grittier, and maybe are thinking about the film that no one is going to buy tickets to. What film do you think deserves to have seats filled that might not get much love otherwise? Look, I, I hope it does get a, a lot of love, but it's it's a new filmmaker. Um, he he made a film with very little money, and and you can see that it was shot in only twelve days. And it's a film called Real by uh, a British director called Aki Omashebi, and uh, he directs and stars in the film. Um, it's it's something quite special. Uh, I I feel you you watch this film, and um, you know it's it's obvious that it wasn't made with a great budget. Um, some might say it was obvious that it was made quickly too. Um, but I, I think he, he found the actors, the other actors of the film uh, through just DMing them on Instagram, uh, for instance. So he, he really did it, you know, himself. And uh, I think it's a fantastic film. I think it's a fantastic film. And it's a sort of talent that you see is certainly there and you feel, well, now someone should give him the resources to do what he wants on the scale that he wants to do it. So that's one film I think, I, I hope I hope it's, it's going to sell out anyway, but I, 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 I because he's, he's a new filmmaker, um, I think it's one that I want to bring to the attention of your listeners. Has there been any truly special correspondences with filmmakers over the past, you know, 18 months that we haven't had as much contact with them that you can share with us, that you're allowed to share with us? Uh, look, I, th- I think it's, it's been very, it's been very difficult for filmmakers. Um, I, I think one of the, one of the, the very great difficulties has been for films that are, are ready, um, uh, are made, whether, whether completed, during the pandemic or, or before that are waiting for their world premiere. And, and the challenge for those filmmakers is, do we go online? Because so many festivals have gone online um, over the last 18 months or so, or do we wait? And if we wait, will we still get the chance to present our film in, in the best circumstances that, that is to, to a live audience or do, do things just move on uh, because that, that happens um, both in the fe- film festival circuit and in 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 cinemas uh, generally you know if a film is a year old in some ways it's considered old so I think that's been a that's been a huge challenge for for filmmakers and I've been speaking to, to some filmmakers I was speaking to a Taiwanese filmmaker the other day and he said I, I don't know what to do um, shall I accept this online? offer or or should I wait? And it's it's difficult for me to even advise uh, a person in that situation. My advice, because, because things are opening up, cinemas are opening up around the world, festivals are returning to the in-cinema experience, was to wait a bit. Um, if, because it's difficult to, oh, well, there is no comparison between having your world, pre- the world premiere of your film online in various homes in, in whatever country you're in and and to having that film play in front of several hundred or even more than a thousand people uh, people who worked on the film people who are seeing the film for the first time together 
that's such a vast difference. And I think for, for any filmmaker, that very first public screening of the film is a very important one. It's, it's something that you've worked on for so long, um, worked so hard on. Um, you need that presence of people um, to, to validate what you've done, I think. So I, I hope that answers your question. I think there have been many discussions of, of that nature in in the last uh, year and a half. And then I guess as well, talking about the film festivals again, if you had to pick one film, the grandest, most Rashomon state theatre moment. We always ask this. We always ask, what's the what's the state theatre moment? What's the state theatre moment uh, this year? I think the state theatre moment. Don't say June. Don't say, please don't say June. If you say you don't know anything about Matrix 4 and then say June, we're going to cut the mic. (laughs) (laughs) It's not playing, it's not playing at the State Theatre in June. I would, I would say two films, two films that are really going to shock people. And, and I feel some or many people will leave them pretty early on. Uh, Bad Luck Banging or, or Looney Porn, the, the fantastic Romanian film, which which is playing in the competition and which opens with a very long uh, amateur sex tape that is extremely awkward. Um, I think that will create a, a, a moment of thrill and humor for some, but revulsion for others. Um, and Titan, the film that won the Palme d'Or in Cannes uh, just a, a few months ago is I'm really shocked because I watch a lot of films, but I was pretty shocked by this film. It's really a, an incredibly wild, violent, quite crazy bride. And uh, yeah, uh, the, these are not moments that uh, we can say will be universal mm. admiration or unanimous admiration for the film. I think it will divide or both, both these films will divide audiences. And um, I think it will make for quite quite the screenings in both cases. Love that. One last thing that we want to ask, because Jen and I have been talking about this and semi-agreeing, disagreeing, do you think a picture pong has sold out by making a film outside of Thailand? Because that's kind of our theory. Part of me is like, you know what you do, you stick to your roots and you make these beautiful art films in Thailand and you're majorly selling out by going... Well, look, you, you both clearly haven't seen Memoria. So yeah, have this discussion <laughs> when, you've, when you've seen Memoria. Um, the answer to your question from my perspective is no. Abhishek Pong has certainly not sold out. And w- when you watch the film, you'll discover this a bit more. But of course, it's it's like any Abhishek Pong film. I can't tell you, you know, what it's about. And I, it doesn't have a, a, a strict linear narrative at all. But something to contemplate before seeing it is what are the, what are the similarities between Colombia and Thailand? What are the political situations that those countries share. Um, and then it makes a lot more sense why he why he's done what he's done and what he's done is magnificent. It's, uh, it's something truly special. Um, if, if you think that this film is a mainstream or commercial film because Tilda Swinton is in it, uh, that is incorrect. Um, but I think what you will see is two collaborators who have ex- very deep, very meaningful respect for each other and a deep, 
artistic connection, making making something um, that is unexpected. I think there's some there's certainly a, a sense of a, of a new direction for Apichatpong in some ways, not not just because of the change in country and the change in in the language, um, but be there. It's 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 going to be magnificent. Mm. Truly, Absolutely. I can't. I cannot wait to see the film in a cinema. I've seen it, uh, unfortunately, at home, but I I cannot wait to see the film in a cinema. I think it's going to to just be an extraordinary screening. Um, I think you just gave me my state theater moment. I feel so connected to you talking about a pitch-up-pong. Like that yeah. must be one of filmmakers that you've watched grow for, in your 10 years so strongly as such a close name. Well, 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 from before then, from, from way before then, mm. um, I, I showed uh, a pongs films when I, when I was at the Durban Film Festival. And it was, it was really quite difficult, of course, to, to, get an audience to to his his films uh tropical malady i i remember we screened it was difficult to get an audience to the film and and then there was some amusement um where people did actually see the film so uh, he's a filmmaker i i admire a, a great deal from from the time i started programming at film festivals um and and that those thai filmmakers of that of that time, Penek Ratanarang is also one of my favorite filmmakers. And, and I think watching those films, uh, going from, from South Africa, where there was very little exposure to, to that type of cinema and going to other film festivals and watching those early films of, of Ape Chatpong and, and Penek um, really molded my taste in, in, in quite a significant way. So don't worry, he hasn't sold out. Nishen, thank you so much for speaking with us. We love you. We love Sydney Film Festival and we love talking to you. Full disclosure, I have personal beef with the picture pong, so that's fine. I'm not just some crazy asshole who's coming. <laughs> Andre is children's you... second cousin and we can't get an interview, but whatever. <laughs> you cannot end the interview with telling me what your beef is with Abhichatpong. You're right. You I'll ask me that. tough questions at the start, so I ask you this question <laughs> at the end. What is your beef with Abhichatpong? It's not specifically with a picture pong. I just, I was in Thailand when um, Boon Me came out and I, I'm speaking in brushstrokes, but I feel like I've seen those films go from obscure art house, niche director that wins the Palm d'Or to, you know, what we're at right now, which is a mainstream film like Memoria, just joking. But I've seen kind of like a beautiful evolution and I've, I don't, I want to say I've been with him since the start, but I coming back to Australia and seeing how like SBS and Sydney Film Festival engages with a picture pong and also a lot of queer filmmakers in Sydney and a lot of alternative critics and filmmakers in Melbourne love his work. I've kind of like seen it sort of, I've just watched the ebbs and flows of the appreciation of a picture pong. And when I found out that Tilda Swinton was related to us, it kind of all sort of coalesced in this messy you know hot take mind of mine and I just feel like I have an affinity for his kind of more minimalist uh, capital E experimental roots so to know that he's uh, maybe leveling up and shooting something outside of Thailand and getting like a recognizable star to be in the film I have nothing against it but it just feels maybe like maybe I just need to grow up and I need to move on but that's where I'm coming from it's being like I knew my chemical romance before you and I hate this I know, face I'm, so going through. I'm, I'm being that person I'm being the like I was the OG I was there from day one I wasn't I wasn't even there from day one and I love all these change 
and that doesn't change. You were there at the start, and that's and that's very good. Um, I was too, but I think it's <laughs> it's good for the filmmakers to be known more widely. That's yeah. that's really good, and mm. you know, I I hope it happens, but I I don't think it will. Uh, Memoria will not be the new Parasite in terms of how much money it makes around the world, in terms of how seen uh, it is, how much it's seen around the world. Let's hope it's seen more than the previous film of his and that more people get to know about him because that's good for him and that's good mm. for the people who get to know that. Um, and it's good, it's good for this type of cinema, which is in such a struggle anyway. Totally. That, that we need this. Thank we you need for celebrating. Thank you for celebrating the poets uh, for so long Literally. and for giving them a platform <laughs> and for checking in with them. We love it. And uh, um, thank you for talking with us. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.